The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Sage Williams with us. Just us three today. Did you guys have a good weekend? Pretty basic weekend. Ran to Topeka. Did the... What'd you run to Topeka for? Uh, it's a little too hot for running. Well, meal with the folks. Oh, yeah. Father's Day. Oh, yeah. I guess Father's Day was yesterday, wasn't it? I mm. went to Morganville. Yeah. Met... met little brother and and his clan over there and so we did supper saturday night with them sage a busy restaurant i mean yeah tell me any place that wasn't busy on father's day weekend sage anything interesting you want to tell us i mean yeah i uh went out partying a little bit with my friends whoa, on the whoa, weekend whoa, whoa, i know going and partying. Now, now hold on just a second partying like give, give me some details what does that mean in in your world what? i mean just bar hopping essentially okay. we went to animes and fats and got a little you know a, a little alcohol little, while little, we were there a little, t- little tipsy yeah just a little bit i also did something that you might appreciate i me? turned in my third survivor audition tape this weekend third yes i've turned in two before so this is my third one i'm still you know I've said many times I want to do. Do you just like film yourself in one like three minute clip, um, or do you break it up and try to edit something together? I edited something together where it's like, oh, I'm talking about myself, and then I threw little skits in between because I just wanted to be funny. But other than that, it's like I do it pretty straightforward. I don't think I'm that interesting, <laughs> but hopefully they find me interesting enough. That whole selection process is weird. One lady put a 20 second video in and she got selected. I'm like, yeah. what? Exactly. So I was like, I, yeah, right. I need to put a whole lot. I still haven't done mine. I want to uh, and make Sage jealous when I get picked. She'd probably hate me forever if I, I got picked. I would be pretty. I might be a little mad. Yeah. People have said that to me where they're like, I want to be on Survivor too. And I'm like, well, you can't. Well, people, <laughs> people have been pushing me to do it. My mom thinks I would be amazing at it. Well, everybody thinks they'd be amazing at it because of their own personality. They have uh, confidence in themselves that they can relate some way or they'd be great in challenges. If you're auditioning for a show like that, you have to be at least somewhat self-absorbed to, to do it and have confidence in yourself. Did you? But you survived the weekend is what you're saying? Yes, I did. I did survive the weekend. Did you stay out until 2 a.m.? Yeah, it was, it wow. was about 2 when we got back and... I was a little hungover the next day, but it happens. <laughs> I man, I even I don't know oh, the last little? time. When's the last time you stayed out till two a.m., Troy? Uh, does the bowl game night count? As oh, okay, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Was since, it two a.m.? Yeah, we it was got pretty back? daggone close when we got back. to it the It was really late. That was yeah. That was a draining day when it was all done. Um, out till two a.m. Yeah. Did you go in Colorado Good much? No, of course, up there in the altitude, it's a uh, uh, it, it, drink it's is a little different. Just just a touch, yeah. Um, no, uh, two a.m. was definitely not a time I've been seeing of any regularity. Do you do for the, years? Uh, Sage, you mentioned you went to Fats. Do you do the fish bowl? Yeah, but the problem with the fish bowl for me is it's too sugary mm. and it hurts my stomach, so I can only have like half of it. You know, that's funny. People will complain about them being too sugary, but they'll still go get one. 
And it's yeah. a community thing. So there's like four or five straws st- sticking out of it. Exactly. Like I shared it with someone else because I was like, I'm not going to finish this. There's no way. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, doing a little drink, and we are going to talk a little bit about that coming up in the next segment, thanks to the College World Series, Michael Beasley is already back in professional basketball, but it's here (laughs) in the United States. And man, it was just two words, and the basketball community fell in love with Mike Bees. Once again, see, I did a little Travion Mm -hmm, thing there like mm -hmm, he did last week, mm -hmm. calling Michael Jackson Mike Jack. (laughs) But Mike Bees, that's already been a, a thing before. Troy is really fired up about a Cal Eldred comment from Dayton Moore. I hate you, Dayton! You're driving my blood pressure Save up. it. Save it for 440. Ah. I knew he would be fired up, though. <laughs> One sentence, and he's completely ticked off. Oh. But some good news for K-State football this weekend. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, some really good news. Because for K-State football, it was an early comment from Coach Kleiman One of the main priorities is recruit Kansas well. Keep the best Kansas talent at home. Have them come to K-State. And he and his staff are doing a pretty good job with that for the 2023 class. The latest addition is welcomed with open arms. It's one I'm really excited about. Big contributor in his future, I think so. 6'4". 200-pound wide receiver. He is from Stillwell, Kansas, Blue Valley High School, and his name is Andre Davis. He is the number five player in the state of Kansas. Three stars are attached to his name. And this was his announcement on Twitter. Quote, I would like to thank all the coaches who have given me the opportunity to play for them and their programs. It has been an amazing experience. With that being said, I am excited to announce that I have committed to Kansas State University. Hashtag EMA23. Hashtag committed. Well, first of all, my first thought about this is that keeping it short and sweet, that's the way to commit. With a little video attached to it, a little 20 seconds something or other, about his, a lot of it from his visit pictures, and a short commitment statement. I like that. I don't like the screenshot three-paragraph note. (laughs) Too much to read. I don't want to read the whole thing. Plus, yes, those do come with commitments once in a while, but it more reminds me of uh, when guys transfer. The long letter of thanks for everything, but I'm leaving. No, I like this a lot more. I like this short and sweet, and we'll put the business out on the field sooner or later. Now, he picked K-State, and this is another great thing, guys, because this is a recruiting win, a win over those that have um, maybe stolen some guys in the past, in the last few years especially, Iowa State, throw Kansas in there with a couple of guys, also wins over Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. A lot of local power fives, as in you know, within driving distance. Power fives, the Cats get the win with a Kansas kid. Now, as a wide receiver, Andre Davis has had he has a dad that has played some football in his past. You might remember a name by the uh, Willie Davis. I'm sure Troy remembers mm-hmm. Willie Davis quite well. I do. During that stretch where the Chiefs were trying to get back to being the power 
in the AFC West at the time and trying to build back to a point where they were competitive. Yeah, his playing days in the NFL, I mean, he played uh, football at Central Arkansas. Now, at first, I also got Andre Davis mixed up with the one that played at uh, – I didn't really get him mixed up. But I, when I think the name Andre Davis, I think of the, the wide receiver that played at South Florida and was really good. That was, I believe, early 2000s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that program was just becoming a thing. But Willie Davis, yeah, he played for the Chiefs for five seasons in the early to mid-90s. NFL career of over 280 catches, over 4,500 yards – 33 touchdowns, had a great year in 93 where he caught nearly for 1,000 yards. And who was throwing to him? Joe Montana. (laughs) And like another Stillwell, Kansas kid, his dad before him was a great wide receiver because this is the third straight year, third straight recruiting class, and I like this bond that has been created, and that is K-State getting a wide receiver from Blue Valley High School in Stillwell. Two years ago, Dorian Stevens, a three-star kid. Now we've yet to see him on the field, but hopefully he's an up-and-comer. Now what I'm sure we'll see on the field, that you know, previously coming to K-State, didn't have the same amount, how do I want to put this? I guess I'll put it this way. Didn't have the same kind of flash that was shown with Tyler Lockett, Aaron Lockett, Kevin Lockett, but from Stillwell, Kansas, and a Blue Valley kid in a class of 2022 is Sterling Lockett, a two-star wide receiver, and hopefully it works out with him. He's going to have to prove himself maybe a little bit harder than his his, uh, brother, older brother, Mm -hmm. and of course his dad and uncle. But what a great relationship this has been created. And there's going to be more to come as well. They're a quarterback, as a matter of fact. I, I've heard K-State has been looking at. But the thing is, like, the comparison between Andre Davis and Sterling Lockett, yeah, Andre is a three-star, Sterling is a two-star. Andre, as a matter of fact, as a junior, had more looks than Sterling Lockett did as a senior. Because Blue Valley the way they do things, and they have a great quarterback in Grayson Holbert, who is a, a dual-threat kid. He's definitely going to be a, a Power 5 recruit. A great runner. And they keep the ball in his hands more often than not. As a matter of fact, you know, Blue Valley, they ran the ball more times than they threw it. 413 carries of 191 passing attempts, and 191 passing attempts from Grayson Holbert well, he ran it 176 times. So he's running it just, a much, just as much as he's throwing it almost. He almost ran for 1,000 yards. He, over, he ran for over 1,000 yards. But Davis had 53 receptions for 883 yards and three touchdowns. Lockett, 21 receptions as a senior. 309 yards and five touchdowns. Another difference, though, between them is Lockett is going to be definitely like a uh, maybe sooner, maybe later a player in special teams, possibly. And Andre Davis has never been that guy. But he could be. You never know. But Andre Davis, what he has, though, on his side is size. He's a big kid. He's 6'4". Mm-hmm. Big hands, long arms. He'll go up and get the football. Now, not every big wide receiver out there exactly knows how to play with his size, but I was watching a little film earlier today on Andre Davis. Hadn't looked him up too much lately because, I mean, let's be quite honest, 
Every time we have Derek Young from Case Center Line on, we're talking Avery Johnson, Dylan Edwards. We can't <laughs> stop talking about him. Right. It's like this class is make or break from those two guys. Not to mention, there's actually technically, by the star rating, by the ratings overall, there's technically a better running back in the state of Kansas than John Randall, who's a four-star, second-best player in Kansas. But we hardly talk about him. We're talking more about Dylan Edwards. And John Randall just visited K-State, by the way. He was here this weekend hanging out with B.A., Brian Anderson, the running backs coach. And it looked like they were having a really good time. But Andre Davis, going back to him, maybe got a little sidetracked there. But Andre (laughs) Davis, watching him on film, uses his size. He will pinpoint the football. He was taller than all the corners he faced pretty much last year. And he's a hard guy to defend. Now, you know, Blue Valley didn't have the best year last year, made it to the second round of the playoffs and had an early exit. But with one more year, and he's going to be the star wide receiver, I think he's going to put up some big numbers. This 883 last year, just getting started. He is going to be the guy for Blue Valley. Watch him have a huge senior year. I'm telling you, like I, I feel really good about it. I feel like this is a great pickup for K-State. He's got a bright future ahead of him. And, man, I, K-State football, they're doing so well recruiting right now. I mean, they're getting the guys they want. From the transfer portal, the mm-hmm. holes they had been filling the last couple of months in the secondary, where it is much needed, they're getting the guys they want. ton of potential there. Hopefully that does work out. And another, I mean, they need depth as well, and they went and got some depth. And now recruiting for 2023, it's a pretty good start. And if you ask them, it's an amazing start because they have four guys so far, and it's continuing to grow. It could really explode here in a matter of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. All three stars, but more importantly, they're Kansas kids. They're all Kansas kids. I love the hashtag that has started up. The Ad Astra All-Stars. Yeah. And with all the guys that have been mentioned and all that, yeah, K-State might be just getting started. And we could talk more about that coming up at 5-10 as, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, K-State football, when it comes to the 2023 class, it's Kansas, and it's all purple, and they might just be getting started. We can talk more about that at 5-10. Michael Beasley also coming up in the second hour about his debut at another <laughs> level of professional basketball and him entertaining in multiple ways. But coming up next, you know, the college World Series is going on right now. There's a game going on right now. Auburn and Stanford, top of the ninth. And Auburn probably going to win this. They're up four runs. The College World Series has been okay so far. I think the best competition, though, in Omaha has been taking place (laughs) just outside the stadium. That's coming up next on the game. I saw Rush one time, and I caught myself air drumming. I don't do that. But since I was at a Rush show, I I was air drumming. (laughs) You and about 75% of the other 
attendees, I'm sure. Well, it, Rush isn't one of those bands you hold up the horns after no, every song, no, so no. got to do something with my hands. <laughs> the game continues. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage Williams. That's when I missed a chance of seeing them years never ago. Never did see them, huh? No, never did. Saw them in 2013, I want to say. It was on that album, uh, that Clockwork mm-hmm. album. They, I can't remember what it's called, but... They did it. They did play a lot of songs from that album, which I didn't think it was too bad. I just didn't want to hear that much right. from the album. But it was a it was a really solid show. It took like a ten minute break in the middle, a little intermission, and went right back at it. It was a lot of fun. Getty, of course, you know, doesn't have quite the voice like he did sure. back in the day. You can't hit the high notes and always singing is dang near high notes. Right. Uh, 92 when I did my internship out in Denver. That was one of the multitude of concerts that came through. And, I mean, come on, I'm a poor, unpaid intern at the time. There were only so many I could go see and had to hope for tickets, usually no, I was one as of those, a gift. I was one of those that, uh, if it was affordable, like, I think I probably paid for the ticket maybe 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, pfft. I could do that. Yeah, I would have I went to the show by myself. That, but. I went by myself, Kansas City. I've done that multiple times, go to concerts by myself. Bon Jovi in Topeka. 1989, I did that. Was it at the Expo Center? It was. How were the acoustics? Do you remember? They weren't horrendous. Because that place has been known to have horrendous acoustics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I've heard a lot worse in there. I saw Rob Zombie there one time, and there was maybe a thousand people. They don't. Oh, <laughs> that's brutal. the thing. That place doesn't market itself that well. I still laugh about my my brother the before the Aerosmith concert there. Literally, he and Buddy's just going to sit outside in the parking lot while the uh, while they were going through the set list uh, during sound check. Hmm. Just sitting in the parking lot to listen because they, it was loud enough you could hear it outside. Hey, Sage, <laughs> you mentioned this weekend you went on a rager through Aguilar. <laughs> did uh, did you happen to do any Jello shots? No, I did not. No Jello shots. No. A rager. <laughs> You don't know what I do. I'm sorry. I, I, I should use another word. Bender. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. The, the, Somehow I have a hard time envisioning that. The College World Series. Uh, today's game one is about to wrap up. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Stanford is going to lose 6-2 to two to Auburn here in just a moment. Stanford's still wearing the black tops. Troy was telling me off the air they've had that winning streak, so they've remained with the same unis. and Luck ran out. I mean, that last game with Texas State, they were basically wearing the same uniforms. Hard to tell the difference yes. between the it was, two. Oh, so bad. You know, so te- bad. Texas State was rocking like some dark blue or something yes. like that. But uh, I, I gotta, I'll gotta, i be honest with you. like I don't feel like the, the College World Series so far. Yeah, I mean, the first two days, it was pretty much all upsets. Mm-hmm. Right? The the road team on the scoreboard, the lower-seeded team or what, however they do that, th- th- they won all four of the first four games. Yes. But... I mean, there was really no dramatics. There really wasn't, you no. know, bottom of the ninth tie ball game or even like one run games. It was all pretty much decided in the sixth inning. Even Oklahoma last night over Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame had a horrendous third inning and was mistake prone. And Oklahoma took control and never really let them back into it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, you know, Texas A&M yesterday falls behind in the first they come right back and they yeah. played six and ball game. It was, yeah, it, it has not been 
a tournament for those who are fans of the dramatic, no doubt. Regionals were great yeah. as it came down to dramatics. The super regionals, Stan- not so much. Stanford, a great example. Right, exactly. The but the super regionals, not so much. And now at the at the CWS, it's been whoever jumps out to a lead has tended to control. Well, what I was saying about Stanford, Stanford Super Regional with Texas State yes. was really good. They they almost yeah they they had to really fight and claw to get themselves back to Omaha. I turned the uh, College World Series on in my parents' house because I've said before they built a bar. My dad yes. built a bar in the garage. It's awesome. And a ton of, tons of games in there, a lot of K-State memorabilia. But it uh, has a TV in there now. We turn on the College World Series. It was 12-2. to 2. I was like, well, what's right. the uh, Stanley yeah. Cub up to? Oh, 7-0 Avalanche. Great. <laughs> Literally, from the restaurant back to my parents' place Saturday night, it was 2 nothing. It didn't take us 10 minutes to drive. Yeah. That tells you anything. And then uh, the entire second period we missed because of driving back then from Topeka. So I turn on the TV and it's six nothing, and I'm like, "What in the world?" So love seeing that though. Uh, it still cracks me up that we're playing the Stanley Cup at Ball Arena. <laughs> I uh, so I learned about this yesterday. I'm surprised I didn't hear about it last year because it was kind of a big deal last year. I've been to Omaha many times. K State soccer just kind of on my own. I uh, went to an Elton John concert in Omaha, and that area where I know it's not TD Ameritrade anymore, but like the arena, the ballpark, um, that whole area, the old market, that's a really fun place. A lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, a lot of culture over there. They've really turned it into something that's a lot of fun. I told my sister, I was like, you ever want to go to a short vacation? Just drive up to Omaha. It's a lot of fun. Great nightlife, mm-hmm. great place to eat. Mm-hmm. The zoo is, I've never been, but it's supposedly really good. There's also a place just uh, across the street from the right field entrance of TD Ameritrade or whatever it's called now for the College World Series called Rocco's Pizza and Cantina. And they have done this promotion for a couple of years now where they have a jello shot competition. So there are eight fan bases that come into town for the College World Series, and they keep a leaderboard at the bar on who buys the most jello shots. Last year, Ole, I'm sorry, Mississippi State won their won the national championship and their fans had 2,965 jello shots. Well, Arkansas rolls into town and they feel like, all right, that's the record. We need to beat this. <laughs> this is three days mm-hmm. into the College World Series. And man, what a genius idea for business this is. Way to go, Rocco's Pizza and Cantina. You know you're going to get the business. People before and after the game, they want to go drink, have a good time. Absolutely. You're in a great spot for it. Because they're right across the street. And it's gone final, by the way. Okay, so uh, yeah. two. Auburn wins 6-2. to two. Stanford is done. So Stanford and Texas are both out. Arkansas fans through three days of the College World Series, 3,416 <laughs> jello shots. But remember, there are seven other fan bases. Ole Miss is in second with 2,700. Ooh. Texas A&M has 555, so there's a big drop-off between two and three. Notre Dame at 362. Oklahoma at 300. Come on, Sooners. you got to do a better job than that. Uh, Auburn at 220. Texas is even worse at... Uh, 213, and Stanford in dead last at 93. This was a 10-30 last night. And I'm sure, you know, Stanford eliminated now. I'm sure they only had 
93 fans there in attendance. <laughs> so everybody bought one jello shot. But here's the the fantastic business idea. So everybody comes wants to have a good time. Jello shots are a great part is a great right. party favor. They were not selling them at a dollar a piece. Which I mean from what I've seen before in my time, you know, jello shots are at the most like 2 bucks. Right. They were 450 a piece. Really? Oh heck. So in 3 days this restaurant made $35,649. Plus it's 450. So what are they expecting you to do with the extra 50 cents? Oh, just throw it in the tip jar. Mm-hmm. So round that up. Oh man. And think about roughly $4,000 in tips for 3 days. Tip your <coughs> bartender. <coughs> I know there's like Good a Lord. There's like a firm out there that has traveling bartenders. Like whenever you need extra people for some events or like the College World Series is getting ready to be in, you can hire these temp bartenders. Yeah, that would be a time to be wow, there. Wow, yes. To make that kind of cash. And these suckers, like, there's barely any alcohol in jello shots. Right. You're not really it's like those shots, like those test tube shots that you can take. There's nothing in them. You're wasting your money. But it's a fun thing to do, and right. you're paying four fifty, and apparently that's a good deal in Omaha right now. And, and the prices, well, prices are be, jacked up. And if you do it right, you don't get completely faced by the fact that it's limited alcohol in them. You're not completely hammered out of your mind when you go to the game, and you're still semi lucid. Well, and also, like, I mean, with the limited alcohol in them, I mean, how easy are Jello shots to make? I don't know, but I don't think they're that tough. No, they're not. Just a lot of uh, a lot of time in the f- refrigerator, maybe. That would be it. Um, but it's also cheap to make, right? I mean, what a genius idea! Hey, bars in Aggieville, you know we're going to have fans <laughs> visit for football season. Start the Big Twelve Jello shot campaign. Oh, anybody that comes into town. Sure. Get a leaderboard, and every fan base that comes in, they're going to see, all right, South Dakota, the year. South Dakota had 200. All right, Missouri comes in next. Missouri's like, oh, we're going to set this record. All right, 1,500. I don't know how many. I doubt there's going to be that many Missouri fans. Maybe there will be. I don't know. There was a decent crowd the last time they were here in 2011. But then who else is coming to town this year? Oklahoma State. I'm telling you. This is a great idea that you need to steal because I think you're going to make a little bit of cash on Friday and Saturdays when there's a home game. I still can't believe that they're paying more for a Jello shot than I spent on 32-ounce big beers at last chance over the years. Well, how long? Was that 20 years ago, though? That, that was 30 when it was 275 oh, Coors, yeah. Light, Coors Lights. <clears throat> you can still get a big beer, not too expensive around here. And you got to keep the cup back in those days. Now, these are just plastic. You throw them away when you're done. All right, when we come back, we still have uh, Sam Honeybun's movie review as he reviewed Lightyear. I've been actually kind of wanting to go see that movie. He's going to tell me or not if we need to go see it. He snuck in under the wire to see it last night, too. Oh, last night. But coming up next, guys, oh, boy, Uh, we might need to take a short break. Uh, We're going to need to give Troy some time. Hey, uh, send some of those jello shots over here. Yeah, Troy needs to be a little tipsy for this next one. Mm. That's coming up next.
I feel like I should just read the quote and shut up. But uh, old Dayton Moore spoke to the media earlier today. And um, Mr. Sunshine up your Aaron Ladd sharing the tweet. He's from KSHB 41 in Kansas City. And, um, of course, Cal Eldred, the pitching coach for the Royals, is a big topic. Kansas City fans can't wait for him to be fired. But here's the quote from Dayton Moore earlier today. Cal's doing an amazing job, and I appreciate the question. Questions like that need to be asked. Cal's doing a tremendous job as far as his attitude is concerned. We're seeing some growth. First of all, what is that last sentence like? What are we talking about? His attitude. Is he referring to basically that someone needed an attitude adjustment, and so that's been their attention of late, that he had to become someone who wasn't so stinking stubborn? Is he handling the news better that everybody hates him? Jello shots right here, please. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the Oakland A's just absolutely stinking, which, by the way, the Royals now lo- no longer have the worst record in baseball, that does belong to the Oakland A's. How about the A's with just eight home wins? Eight. And they're trying to get a new stadium. But they're also horrendous at the plate. Yes. And, you know, Kansas City didn't have Chris Bubik on the hill that weekend, but he does pitch tonight. Against Mike Trout who has homered in five games. Had He's, five homers over the five-game stretch with the Mariners over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, kills the Mariners. Yeah, right. So guess what? You know, Yeah, let's just throw up a few boobage softballs, why don't we? But Kansas City is darn near last in Team ERA. They were last, as far as, far as I understood, in the American League. Mm-hmm. But pitching is terrible. The, uh, the war is terrible. Um, Walks per walks, nine. Walks is the other one. I think they're dead last in the American League. Dead last in the league. I mean, how much further can we go? I mean, it, it's Dayton Moore has now resulted in just when he gets asked about Cal Eldridge, he just he simply states, "I like these questions. These are the questions that need to be he's, asked." He's trying to blow sunshine up yes. our backsides. Fans, I, I, you know, fans are critical. That, that's their right to be critical. We're getting the runaround. It's like the political answer to, "I'm not going to answer this." Because I know we don't agree on this, the answer. It's the play hard chart. <laughs> That's where we're at with the Royals now. We're with the play hard chart. I mean, how much more does it take for Dayton Moore to realize, yes, the fans are very vocal about this. And because they hired a guy who has no coaching experience as their pitching coach five years ago, and he's done nothing. Nothing. 29th in strikeouts per game. The game is about strikeouts and home runs right now. How are you 29th in strikeouts per nine innings? Are you? I realize that in 2014 and 2015, small ball was the way that this team was constructed, and that was the way it was going to win. It's not 2014, and it's not 2015 anymore. What are the trends in the game? Home runs and strikeouts. I don't necessarily like that they're the trends in the game. But that's the way the game is being played. It's all launch angle and shifts. 
Sometime and next, he, he, and it's he's got a pitching staff that does not do that. No, it's throw to contact constantly. Well, here's the problem: that contact usually leaves the yard too. You know, your opponents are still playing for the home runs. Somebody asked me next week if uh, Troy's had any growth with his attitude towards the Royals. <laughs> Literally, someone joking with me on Twitter. Oh, but he's got a great attitude. He's making mine worse. Seriously. The guy still has a job as this debacle continues. Oh, oh, hey, listen, over the last 10, though, 3.83 ERA. Okay, great. Yeah, you just played the A's who have no offense. And they still dinged you for four runs yesterday. In a 4 nothing win for the A's. Yeah. yeah, yesterday was a microcosm of the Royal season right there. They get beat by a team that can't hit. Oh, it's just maddening. Absolutely maddening. Yes, I will not argue that they needed to find a different approach at the plate than what was going on early in the season. That's fine. They changed their hitting coach. Makes perfect sense. There's a guy who had coached for how many years, though, and you know has experience as a coach in the game versus, oh, let's just throw Cal Eldred into the spot because he, he was a mediocre pitcher. Maybe he'll make a good coach. I just want to mention one more thing. Remember Friday I hosted the gamies and I was, you know, just kind of oh. giving shout-outs to those who were in the audience Cal Eldred was at the gamies. He was not at that game Friday against Oakland. And guess how many got, how many batters the Royals pitching struck out? Sixteen. That was almost a franchise yeah. record. Yeah, yeah. Let, there's evidence right there. How much better the pitching gets <laughs> when Cal Eldred isn't there? Oh, <laughs> uh, it hurts. And then the Royals. It hurts. The Royals Saturday they won two nothing. So it, it blanked them. Two freaking nothing. Great ball game, guys. That was stellar. Who's I your mean, oh. Who's your favorite Royals pitcher right now? Great question. That's um, a great lull, by the way. That was a really good lull. Yeah, thank that you. Was a, um, the only one I I want to go with Daniel Lynch, but his inconsistency keeps me from doing that. Zach Grenke, if he comes back from this arm injury, the way that he can can be still workable. Heasley, probably just in that he's taken the bull by the horns and has accepted what his role is and has pitched to that role and has been pretty solid. You're not expecting anything flashy out of him, but he's been steady which is so much more than we can say about anybody else in that pitching staff right now. How jazzed are you that uh, Bally Sports Plus starts on Thursday? I'm intrigued to see what plays out with that at 20 bucks a month. Or, uh, but, or $190 yeah, for yeah. a year. Um, I did note, though, and we, $50. we talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago, Nesson Plus, so the Red Sox slash Bruins provider which is partially owned by espn and disney um 
they're going twenty nine ninety nine a month. Wow. And it's interesting that Bally's is going with that nineteen ninety nine in a market like Kansas City. They're going nineteen ninety nine in all of their markets. Now, see in St. Louis, they've got both the Blues and the Cardinals. So you know, nineteen ninety nine isn't maybe as bad. Yeah, more bang for your buck for sure. Yeah, exactly. Kansas City market, it's yeah. questionable, questionable cost. All right, when we come back, let's check in with Sam Honeybuns, who has a movie review on Lightyear. That wraps up Hour 1 next. It's time for Sam Honeybuns and his movie review. Now, it's a movie that I'm actually very interested in seeing, so... It's up to Sam here to convince me that I need to go see it, or he might talk me out of it. So let's find out. Sam Honeybuns, his weekly movie review as we do on Mondays with his review of Lightyear. Welcome to the Micro Movie Minute with me, Sam Honey. Today, we're taking a look at Lightyear. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. You were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to those. I know that. Narrating helps me focus. In origin story of the famous toy from Toy Story, Lightyear follows legendary space ranger Buzz Lightyear, who embarks on an intergalactic adventure alongside ambitious recruits. As this motley crew tackles their toughest mission yet, they must learn to work together as a team to escape the evil Zerg and his robot army that are never far behind. Is Lightyear 2 Infinity and Beyond, or does it fail to launch? I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, this is a children's movie. He can't be that harsh on it, right? Wrong. Nah, I'm just kidding. While it is aimed at kids, it's still a Pixar movie, which has proven in the past to make animated films that are more than just kids' movies. Lightyear isn't one of those, however. I understand this is supposed to be the movie in the Toy Story universe that inspired Andy, but the movie feels unnecessary and a blatant cash grab. That doesn't mean it's inherently bad or terrible, just more meh. The movie did start off strong with a fun opening, enjoyable montage, and even some well-done emotional moments. It wasn't until about halfway through the movie that it started to drop in quality. It turned into a generic beat-the-bad-guy story with some less-than-stellar side characters. Speaking of the characters, Chris Evans takes over the role of Lightyear this time around instead of Tim Allen. He does a serviceable job, almost like a caricature of his role as Captain America. However, he doesn't really have any personality, and his story arc is just as generic as the story. The one character that stole the show was Socks, Buzz's robot cat companion. Everyone else just felt cookie-cutter comic relief. There was a surprising amount of action that was pretty well done and a highlight of the movie. Don't worry though, parents, this is still very much kid-friendly. The scenery in the movie also felt very bland and flat, void of any real color or life. Overall, Lightyear can be fun at times, but it's just an unnecessary cash grab from the house of the mouse. That's why I'm giving Lightyear three... You are a toy! ...out of five. I, I feel like three out of five is pretty decent. And the movie right now is getting a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think it falls in the category if it's not too bad. Like, it's going to probably end up on TBS in a couple of years. Right. I think I'm going to go see it. I've always been a fan of this Toy Story franchise. All the movies, all four of them, I think are great. I can't stop there, though. <laughs> Hour two of the game. We'll get back into some K-State football recruiting. Michael Beasley, number one song of the day. and ask us anything, but right now, CBS. CBS. 